0: Oh, listeners of this podcast, I am so psyched about this one. I got to interview the new chief of Hamilton, New Jersey, Kevin Friel, and he brought with him Officer Sean Grasso. You probably heard him on a previous episode. He was awesome. Kevin Friel is straight up Captain America. No, hold on. That's a fictional character. I'm coining it right now. I felt like I was talking to Captain Hamilton. You'll know why I'm calling him that. By the time you're finished with this episode, it was so much fun. I can't wait to have these guys back on. And you know what? I even had technical difficulties. My first time interviewing two guys, it's only on my microphone, and you don't have to listen to me. Just listen to these two guys. They're so awesome. And if you don't care, I don't care. Oh, you don't care? All right, cool. We're good to go then. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Chief of Police, Captain Hamilton, Kevin Friel. All hail the Chief. The Chief of Police is here, along with my friend Sean Grasso. Welcome back, Sean. Thank you very much for having me. Chief, uh, how do we address you now, man? Oh. They-
1: Listen, I've been Officer Kevin for most of my career. I still answer to that. Um, I've had Chief Kevin <laughs> doing the uh, crossing over there for the kids. Um, but hey, listen, I'm, I'm still just Kevin, man. That's that's how how's I look it, at it. How's it
0: sound to you though?
1: It, it's, uh, it's great. It's, it's something getting used to. It's, it's definitely new, and uh, but definitely something I've been working to strive for to support my
0: department and some more, some more support the community. When I mention your name, <clears throat> when I talk to people like my uh, students' parents or my staff, the instant reaction is a very genuine smile, which is shocking. Like, you don't really see that when you talk about, I don't know, the chief of police. But people are like very happy that uh, you're the new guy. Yeah, well,
1: thank you. I mean, and I, I find that I guess because of being here now in my 27th year and you know, rising up from the bottom to the top, uh, I've been the same, I've remained the same constant all through the the 27 years that I've been here. uh, And the fact that I've had the ability to, throughout my career, really be uh, one-on-one with the community. I mean, in each of the facets and roles that I've had throughout my career, I've had the chance to immerse myself in the community and have a lot of one-on-one contact through uh, the D.A.R.E. program and teaching young people about uh, you know the dangers of drugs and about forming positive you know friendships and about making positive choices and and good decision-making skills um, the first group of D.A.R.E. students that I had I started the D.A.R.E. program in our community which was our you started
0: the D.A.R.E. program I didn't
1: I wasn't the first officer but my my role as a D.A.R.E. officer started actually three years into my career so 96 my first group of D.A.R.E. students How were, old were you? Yeah, I was. <laughs> um, I was. I was probably like just about 26 when I was my first year teaching Dare. Okay. Um, and my first group of Dare students that were in fifth grade are in their 30s now, so it's uh, it's really cool because it's like as you said that smile. I kinda feel I kinda equate myself to like the Saturday morning cartoon character because I guess it kinda reminds people of when they were young and you know the the positive bond that they develop with the police department and I think that's probably why you see that smile go across their face cuz they're like officer Kevin you know that's the way that they kinda think of it I've always tried to foster a a very good rapport between the community and the police and uh, that was through the D.A.R.E. program that was certainly through any of the community events that we did Um, matter of fact anytime we do any of our community events I I always say and and it's funny because I say that as police officers we're ambassadors of the community and a lot Mm -hmm. of people that aren't familiar with Hamilton when they see a police officer come up to them and are talking to them in the manner that they are and as helpful as they are they're like Wow,
0: I wish the cops in our
1: municipality were like this,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, I okay. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and I remember my Dare program. I remember my Dare teacher. I wish I could thank him today. He was so awesome. Um, but I feel like since then, since that relationship I had with him, where I smiled, and now like I, I just, I don't know if it's because of what I uh, watching the news too much or it it must be the media man. It must be giving me these ideas that like, there's some distance between officers and the general community. And it's so good to be here in Hamilton, because I'm also from New York City, where when you saw an officer, it was usually, you know, it's New York City, so they're screaming and yelling. So uh, there there was also a level of unprofessionalism I would see a lot of times that, you know, I've only seen there. But you come here, it's like you feel protected like, you guys got our backs. I feel very safe here at Reed Preschool knowing that, like, if I have to call you guys, I feel like you guys would take it personally and get over here ASAP if there was an emergency.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, as I said, it's, it, you pointed it out that as a smaller community, we have a different ability of having a rapport with our community. And a couple years ago when we did the torch run, and Sean was able to get you to help us out because we were short on part of the leg. You know, it was, it was great to have you help us. You know, and I think that's what our agency is about, is helping the community, but also having the community help us. We work hand in hand, you know, and even talking with the senior groups, having them active in what's going on in their neighborhoods, being able to share with us, and having that ability to communicate, not being afraid to talk to us not thinking that we're not gonna to listen to them. You know, I think that's what you're keying in on, is that it's it's a, a very close relationship that we have with the community versus some of the larger police departments where it's another person in a uniform that you
0: really don't even know. Yeah, yeah, you guys feel like
2: you're on our side, which is, it's yeah. like you guys are oh, part of the team. Absolutely, and that's, that's a great part about being in this community. Um, my son comes here. So, you know, <laughs> if we get a call easy. here, we're going to be on the way. My daughter's across town at Toddlertown. So, yeah, you know, that's that's one of the awesome things about being in Hamilton. Do you mind
0: if we just
2: scratch your headset? Yeah. I think I wasn't hearing anything anyway. Oh, you
0: weren't. Okay. No. So, if, so
2: if, if it's out, it's out.
0: Yeah. I'll try to. You guys have done, like, a lot of work at the schools, right? You said that. In I your... was in the
2: school for a few years uh, as a security officer at the high school. I was in the middle school for a little while as well. Yeah, and you've also come here to repre preschool and
0: um, definitely educated us on you know how to handle certain situations. Yeah, I try to help out when I can. Yeah, man, it's most helpful. It's really great. So, how does it feel to you
2: knowing that? Uh, how long have you guys worked together for? Wow, we. I'm I'm in 18 years. Yeah. I started on Kevin's squad. on, yeah. on Chief Real's squad. Uh, he made sergeant, and he was he was off the squad, and then I was kind of on my own. But um, I I really liked the first two chiefs, Jimmy and Jones, and I can't tell you how happy I am for Kevin. I got to work with him his first week as chief, and you know, mm. right, <laughs> yeah. right right off the bat, you you knew it was different. He's wearing a blue shirt like the rest of us. It does say chief. He's got his vest on. What does a chief
0: normally wear?
2: Uh, well, it's it's been different throughout the years. I mean, most of the time,
1: so the, is
0: the chief is it chief's decision?
1: Yeah. Um, chief, well, yeah, and actually, I had one of my other administrators ask, you know, are we going to wear white shirts? And I'm like, listen, we, we get our hands dirty. We're out there every day, and you know, to me, it's it's being we're we're just another member of our
0: department. We're All part right. of a team. Kevin, Kevin, let me stop you there. Can I make a suggestion? Brother? Sure. Why are you not rocking Deadpool? <laughs> well, yeah, that is true.
1: Um, yeah, do love the do love the pool. Yes, Deadpool is is cool, um, and he's still actually in my office and has to make it upstairs to the second floor because he will. Uh, he's he's I'm in sorry, my what? He's in my office downstairs. Uh, I have a, a cardboard cutout that one of my uh, fellow officers. Uh, Found it. It was going to go out to the recycling at one of our local uh, 24-hour establishments uh, downtown, and uh, he rescued him. And uh, so I have a life-size cardboard cutout standing in the uh, the office that I had as lieutenant. Never has
0: that department been so safe
1: yes he's there to protect he's yeah. making sure that no one comes in through a, any of the side doors of the of the department and he's he's ready to go
0: i think i met you maybe i'm not sure right before did you see the sequel yes what do you yes. think man yeah
1: it was it was good yeah. it definitely was good and and it's just amazing how you know marvel maps everything out and has everything interrelated
0: it's you know? so crazy just like the comics it's yeah. so crazy they take yeah. that seriously well the comic book Guys, take it seriously. Yeah, but I w- I'm a big nerd. I was reading Deadpool before it was even cool to watch Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and and it's good. And actually, uh, I've always kind of had the same type of, of sarcasm humor. I mean, in a polite way. But you know, it's it, it's good to have that. Sean's laughing. I don't yeah. know.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Sean actually had the opportunity one evening. There was a a group of individuals uh, on motorcycles, and okay. and uh, one of them actually the Deadpool helmet. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: He he not. He didn't just have. He didn't just have the Deadpool helmet. He had the Deadpool red suit with uh, matching faux katanas. Oh, he was all. Oh, he had the katanas too. Uh, well, they weren't actual katanas. We had to we had to take a look at that and make oh. sure. But he he had it completely down. And um, that yeah, that, that was a good. That was a that was a fun night. I remember that.
0: <laughs> what would you have done
2: uh, if what? there
0: were real katanas? Uh,
1: there probably would have been a little bit of an issue and he uh. probably would not have been sent on his way with his uh,
0: motor vehicle citation. Oh, yeah. 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 Would you take him aside and just be like, look, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. You guys must see some really uh, interesting stuff from time to time.
1: Yeah, it's, even though Hamilton is is a, a rather quiet little town, we'll say, um, we're in the center that. of everything. I mean, we're right mid between Philadelphia, Atlantic City, and we all roads lead to hamilton is one thing that i like to say because you never know what you're going to come across
0: you mean people coming in oh yeah yeah i wanted to ask you about that so how often does something like that happen i have an employee this summer who actually was robbed uh working at her store where uh some people came up it's all on video camera i'm sure you guys have
2: possibly even seen it you know Uh, yeah i possibly uh Handled it so. Oh so yeah, you know, I'm familiar with was, it. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was the distraction one uh, the at distraction one of our one. local uh, clothing okay, uh, shops. So, yeah,
0: yeah. She was distracted by the what would you call it? The, the accomplice. One the is assistant.
1: a d- yeah decoy. One's a decoy that does the distracting, takes the uh, shop owner or individual working the store away from where their personal items or
0: the register would be, and uh, <sighs> working let's, yeah working her job working her job after she worked her job here with me yeah. Yeah, does that? I mean, that can't happen
2: very often, though, right? Is that a rare? Uh, to to, when I um, saw the video, it, it was uh, these two had done it before. Um, they they were definitely uh, professionals, which is how can you? It's tell? rare to it. Well, they had they had the whole routine down. They looked the part from A to Z. They looked like they belonged in that store. Mm. They were uh, dressed to the nines, and the one got her as far away from her area of uh, concern right. as possible before the other one went to work. So you could just see... You,
0: could, you can't even really see them in the camera anymore. They're yeah. just way off. Yeah,
2: you, you can see they had a, They definitely had a coordinated effort. They had done it before. This was uh, just one stop on their way.
0: So I watch this one video, or I hear like one story that you guys have to deal with, and it eats at me. Like This one particular story, especially because I know her personally, she works so hard. It eats at me. Like... Do these things eat at you guys? Like, are, are you able to separate it? Like, how how do you guys deal with this on a regular basis? Well,
1: and I, kind of one of the things that I, I always say is that usually when when you deal with people in a call, you know, especially if you know it's one of the victims in it, they're going to be emotionally charged and they're going to be upset, and even some of the offenders are either charged emotionally sometimes in some of the situations or chemically in some of the situations mm. and you kind of always have to look at it as that when you're doing your action as a police officer you kind of can't take it personally when these people are going to be less than favorable to you I mean you can imagine there are some interesting names or things that people like to say to police officers you know when they're upset about something but um, but the important thing is, is as an officer, we you need to kind of disassociate the fact that don't take it
0: personally. It's it's not you that they're upset with. It's, it's- it has there ever. I mean, I don't even know if you can answer this, has there ever just, I don't want to get into specifics, but been someone you've known that you've had to deal with that you maybe went to high school with and like now you're.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, there was. And and like I said, with the chemically, uh, there was one call that me and another officer went to, and it's a person that we would almost deal with on the daily in another professional manner and the person oh. was under the influence of something and I mean it's swinging at both of us oh, you know no. so we you know we we you know gingerly take them down cuff them and you know process them book them do what we need to do and you know again it, it's all in how you treat people and how you deal with people and you can't take it personally because in any profession that you have when you take it per take a personal offense it, it changes the way you perceive that person and the way you treat that person i mean it does it really does i'm
0: only laughing because i had to learn that quickly in my profession because little kids will they'll they'll tell you the truth man yeah 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 and and you know it's like as you said a little kid
1: is just expressing what they're emotionally feeling at that moment yes and and because they have no filter well yes. people that when they're that upset or under the influence of something they're not, there's no filter no. they're not gonna think about what what I'm saying how's that affecting the other person so I just take it at that it's not really me that they're you know saying something about it's the situation and if you treat them with as much respect as possible that you can in that situation and don't take it personally any future dealings you have with that person are going to work out better Mm. because it's not going to be like well that guy treated me this way or this guy did this to me at it it turns around to well hey i appreciate you being as nice as you could to me you know yeah i I I was going to ask you that i
0: mean did he wake up the next morning and And apologize you know it was like yeah it
1: was just like hey listen i i'm really sorry about you know the way i was acting the other day and and again like you said if you if you just remember in your mind don't take it personally it's not you it's the situation it, it just
0: makes it so much easier to continue on with your career without making a, that, a bad choice yourself. That it, does that come naturally to anyone? Like that must be a skill that you have to hone, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. After, like I said, I've been here eighteen years. It uh, you y- you figure it out. My first couple of years, it was it was kind of hard going home and um, you know knowing you might have dealt with someone that you went to high school with, someone that might have you know would would under any other circumstance give you the shirt off their back. No way but,
0: I can't even imagine but sometimes, I can't even imagine like
2: you said it you know a couple of drinks too many you know after a hard hard week sometimes people become a different person. but as long as you treat them right, when they wake up uh, 90% of the time they're you know apologetic they're you know what did I do what, how can I fix it and you know you move on.
1: one of the things actually that we now have in our department that we've had for the past three years now, which really helps and at first people were a little concerned or apprehensive about it is uh, the body-worn cameras that we use um,
0: wait, wait wait people were apprehensive about
1: those. Yeah, officers were concerned at first yeah I mean it's because it's you know in today's day and age of uh, you know something happening in a split second decision in an instant someone going back and reevaluating it and taking hours weeks and days to reevaluate the the action or reaction that you just had it would make officers kind of concerned, you know, like, well, wait a minute. And In today's day and age of everybody having a cell phone everybody being able to just video a snippet to their advantage of a situation you know when you see the ones on the news (laughs) that you know you don't see the 45 minutes beforehand of them trying to to get a a subject into control to get them to calm down to get them to cooperate you just see the last Mm -hmm. five seconds of the police officer you know actually having to use some type of physical force in cases to be able to apprehend somebody it's funny as you say that I'm thinking back to watching the
0: news over the last decade and just remembering like this clip that clip they're all like five ten second clips and they always show the worst just the moment where the snap happens you don't get any of the context
1: right and and having the body-worn cameras is a way to have a a video of it that's unbiased you know and and it's there it's happening and I think that now that we've been using them for a while officers really understand the fact that it protects them in what they're doing you know and I think it actually even comes the person that we're interacting with down a little bit because they yes. realize they're on video Yes, you know it's not the case of something happens and they're behaving in a manner that's probably less than
0: favorable have you ever used that to your advantage um, when someone's like said hey I'm, we're being video like
1: yeah yeah and just reminded people yo look you know I'm just letting you know that what you're telling me you're on camera and people tone down a bit because they realize well you know Tuesday morning court when the judge is reviewing evidence he's going to see exactly what was going on in the manner that they were acting
0: how does it work is it like is are your cameras on like in a one-hour loop that goes over and over or has-
1: they actually um, the way our camera system is designed it uh, runs a continual 30-second video loop it'll continually record 30-second snippet and as soon as the officer engages the record button it captures the 30 seconds that had just gone by memorializes that and then starts with a video and audio recording from that point on
0: oh okay okay that's cool i'm sure it's helped you guys out in many many cases
1: yeah yeah i can uh, honestly say that i i think that it has reduced any type of officer complaints Immensely. What do you mean? People complain that officers did, you know, this or that. If someone, yeah, come in on a stop and say that, you know, that's not how it went down, or that's not the the officer was, you know, rude talking to me, or said something off, or and we have a video document of the interaction, and it it really does help out to to you know negate a lot of those complaints, and it also helps with, you know, documenting evidence of what's going on. Um, With our DWI prosecution, uh, we get a not only just a written report of how the person's psychophysicals were going with their balance with their walking it's actually video recorded so that this way you know you can use it in prosecution so that's good
0: was this because I have so many students, man, what do you think half of them say they want to be when we're doing graduation? An I mean, astronaut.
2: <laughs> no, because you they don't get to see astronauts on a regular basis.
0: They get to see you guys with your uniforms looking all powerful and awesome and the kids just... I, I knew it the other day. We just passed a police officer just standing outside looking like he was in charge, Off his car was there. And I just knew it. I looked at my son. He looked at me, and I knew what he was going to say. <laughs> he said, I want to be a police officer when I grow up. He just I knew he was going to say it. And I looked at Lisa, I was like, yeah, police officers must look pretty awesome to kids. <laughs> like, Was this something that you wanted to do when you were a kid?
2: I, I remember when I was in school, um, I said, you know what? When I grow up, I want to be, be a state trooper. And I really didn't even know what what that meant at the time, the difference and everything, uh, you know, between state police and and, uh, municipal police. Um, But I remember thinking that's what I wanted to do. And my teacher asked me why, and she said, and I said, uh, I want to chase the bad guys. She said, you know, they don't really chase the bad guys anymore. They just radio ahead. And I was like, I was kind of upset. I'm like, no, I I still want to do it. And this... I got away from it for a little bit, from from uh, pursuing a career in law enforcement. And you know, this when I came back to it, it, it was great. I'm glad that I did it on a municipal level. And Wait,
0: so so your your hopes and dreams? I mean, not to be cheesy, but like kind of like the hero, go out and
2: save save people, help people. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to go after bad guys, but you got to remember, I was funneling through several things. <laughs> <laughs> during different periods of my life but I do remember for sure I do remember I yeah when I I wanted to be in law And your grandma
0: course. said that it it people just get radioed
2: what No my teacher said they don't they don't chase them anymore if somebody runs they just radio down to the next cop and that cop catches them Why would she tell you that I don't know I don't know and it it was uh, it was one of those things where I think it was just starting to emerge that you know Police officers didn't have to chase every criminal to the ends of the earth anymore. You know, they were starting to say maybe it's safer that mm. if we can identify them later, we don't have to chase them under certain circumstances. And I think that's that's why she said it. So I didn't just think it was all car chases and explosions and yeah. everything like that. Because I, th- I think that's probably what I thought it was at that time.
0: Yeah. Well, we were kind of talking about that on our podcast where I was like, what do you ever what if someone speeds off? You're like, well, sometimes you let them go. And at the time, I got to be honest, I was thinking like, oh, all right, I guess if that's what you got to do. But then Lisa and I were talking about we're like, well, yeah, then you get your license plate, you get this and that. When they're speeding off. You're not going to hit anyone because you're not chasing them for miles and miles. Yeah, it just makes sense. Before you guys couldn't do that, you couldn't get like a license and track someone down so easily. No, I,
2: I think you. I think they could have. It's probably a lot better. The systems that we have now are are excellent. Yeah. But um, until I, I think when when cops came on the scene and people started seeing, you know what what really happens in a police chase and everything like mm. that, they started saying, you know, maybe we don't need to to chase every suspect for every crime to the ends of the earth. Yeah. I can't remember when the actual. Policy came out for uh, for pursuits, but um, it was definitely before I became an officer. Yeah, that makes sense Going back. What did you want to be a police officer
0: as a kid? Did you?
1: Yeah, actually I did Uh, I, I enjoy helping people that's kind of always been my nature and the you know the community that we work in that's our primary function is helping people you know and sometimes it's helping people maybe in ways that they don't understand at the moment you know uh, (laughs) really honestly writing a ticket or you know signing Mm -hmm. a complaint and they may not see it at that point as helping them but in the long run there are people that realize it and come back and go signing a complaint yeah charging somebody with with an offense you know and you know when it goes to court there's things that we can do to help programs that we can get them into and you know it it's uh, Really, in this community, I think more of our role is is about serving the public and
0: protecting people.
1: Um, and, and so, what, as a
0: kid, you just thought, I want to help people? Yeah, I should be an yeah, officer? Yeah, actually,
1: um, in uh, I guess it was probably in like late middle school or high school, um, there was a law enforcement explorer post, which is actually uh, through the Boy Scouts of America. Um, and uh, the closest one that we had at that time was Egg Harbor City and I went to Egg Harbor City and joined their Explorer post and it was you know cool getting to learn about police work and ride along and we actually you know I remember being 16 years old, directing four lanes of traffic on the Whitehorse Pike in an accident scene myself, which I no guess... No way! nowadays an accident that accident pro- Yes. Yeah, so nowadays, I don't think that sort of thing would really happen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, back then, we, yeah, I was... Uh, while the officer was doing the accident investigation,
0: I was out there directing traffic. No so, way! Yeah. That's yeah. a big responsibility, man. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, Do you ever talk to those officers that were there uh, around that time? Um,
1: yeah, actually, and it, it's kind of cool because I've, I've got to go back and contact a lot of people that uh, I, you know, did do the Explorer program with. Matter of fact, quite a few of them uh, actually have been in law enforcement. A couple of them were chief of police as well, too. And and then it was cool because in college, I did an internship at the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office um before getting the job at the hampton police department so you know it was so you know fun people yeah, everywhere yeah working with a bunch of people there and it's funny because a lot of them like look at me now and go oh my god i remember when you were our intern at the you know at, at the county office and a, a lot of them are actually still there uh which is pretty amazing because then they got some long-term law enforcement matter of fact uh bruce the who is the what bruce DeShields, he's the chief of the county prosecutor's That's office That's his real
0: name Bruce Deshield. Bruce
1: DeShields. What a cool name. That's isn't a it? pretty hardcore name. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mess with that officer. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, he was at the county prosecutor's office when I did my internship there and now he's uh, he just got uh, appointed as the chief of the prosecutor's office just a couple months ago.
0: Okay, so middle school kid wanting to be an officer, here you are chief of police what does entail what's the difference between what you were doing before so before you were a Um, I was a lieutenant
1: and so it's it's still an administrative job it's an administrative title Um, but I guess now it's kind of like I get the the most responsibility of it because I'm responsible for any of our officers and their actions but to me it's it's just being a person who gets to you know help lead our agency because to me our department is a team and everybody on the team has their positions their roles and we can't function together unless we're all working together to get the
2: the goals accomplished.
0: Sean, yes, not, not too shabby doing alright for his first
2: week? Oh, uh, Listen I, I am ecstatic I think he's doing a great job and I, I thought he was doing a great job before he was chief you know he, he had a lot of responsibilities over the years he's he's handled more of the events uh, in the town than I than I think a lot of people know um, and all I of, know cuz
0: I'm at all of them and I see them
2: at yeah. all of them. <laughs> but there there's a pre-planning phase you know if if anything happens they're gonna ask well what was your plan for this that and the other thing and it has to be written down concise and look good and I've, I've seen his action plans. They are well thought out, they look good, and it, re- and it requires a lot more than I think people know. Like if there's a food truck festival or uh, the carnival, the procession, all of these things have to be uh, not just handled properly, they ought to be documented properly and planned, and it takes a lot of work. And seeing what he does, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I have somebody that I can learn how to do that stuff from now. I feel like um, after talking to you guys and just
0: seeing you out and seeing how people feel about you, it's crazy. It's like, so, okay, Lisa and I... I'm a very much out there with the kids person, doing big shows. But man, if you put paperwork in front of me, I crumble. I can't take it. I'll do a little bit this and there. At least I'll be like, here, just sign this, just sign this. Um, so we have this yin and yang thing going. But man, you got both the yin and the yang. You're doing, you're out on the street. You're like for the people. The people love you. They and they feel protected by you. And yet you're in the office doing that paperwork too Yeah.
1: well it's it's a it's a good balance and and it is kind of something sometimes difficult to juggle it all and keep it all balanced out you know uh, all, all of the reporting responsibilities the planning responsibilities and actually being out there in the field and you know sometimes it's a little bit more than a 40-hour work week but I, I've always felt to me like our department is is like my purse personal business that I, I feel obligated to work for You know and and even coming in on days off it wasn't because you know I'm trying to make overtime because I never put in for it but it was because I wanted to make sure that everything went the way it should and you know for the community for the department and as Sean was pointing out you know with the the plans that we have in place they really don't work unless it's executed well and we have a great department that that follows through with things and we have a lot of dependable people to rely upon for all of those uh, conditions and situations in our events so that things are handled properly and handled well to keep everything running efficiently and safe yeah
2: can i just yeah absolutely he might have made a little understatement when he said sometimes it's a little more than a 40-hour work week it's a 24-7 operation for chief real and it was that way before i mean the first day of school Uh, in Hamilton is a big deal. And that was our first week. That was his first week as chief. I know that everybody in this town and their brother was calling him, and he had meetings to set up, and all these things you have to do for the first time now that you're chief. And like I said, he's in a blue shirt. He's out there with me and my guys helping us handle calls so we can get through it faster. It was just uh, sometimes I don't know how he finds the time to do both and uh you know it's it's a pretty amazing thing to to see and and not only that we were you know we're at the range uh firearms these days everybody has to know we all have to kind of be on the same page and you know we're we're all out we're all out there training together you know Mm -hmm. he's he's uh on the road with us shooting he's on the road with us he's at the range with us shooting he's doing all the things that we do plus that chief's job and it's uh it's uh it's a sight to see. So I, I couldn't I couldn't let him get away with saying it's a little more than a 40-hour work week. Yeah, let's let him stay humble and then you <laughs> yeah, keep it real. We'll just keep this pattern okay. going. So I'll ask him, then you fill
0: in the... um, You know, I have like this common theme going here on, on the Pillars of Hamilton so far where I just have people who are really passionate. I, I've had the mayor who's passionate about his job. I've had someone just like Maria Ramundo who's passionate about running uh who did i have last week i had matt i had ricky all these guys are passionate about what they do um it's so clear that this isn't like this is not just a paycheck for you this is so much more am i i mean am i right in saying that yeah it's it's
1: certainly not about a job it's certainly not about a status it's about what i can do for our community and our department and that's how i've always operated that's how i've always felt and sometimes people have looked at me like i'm kind of crazy like why do you care so much you know why why are you here i I care so much because i just i love our community I, i love our department the men and women that i work with in our department to me are like my family i mean that's that's honestly how i feel and i've i've come in to cover shifts when People wouldn't take an overtime slot. I've come in to just cover the shift because I want that person to be able to enjoy their time with their family, enjoy their vacation, and not have to worry about being stuck or not having coverage. So, and again, it's not because I'm trying to, you know, gain something personally out of it. It's just that I'll do whatever it takes to make our department function the way it should. And that's.
0: The interesting thing about you, man, is this. So from my perspective is that like I think about police officers and usually I see them and they, they put on the stone face and like I, I can't tell what they're thinking you know just business they, you know they're putting on the business face you have this way of being extremely friendly like extremely inviting but at the same time I don't feel like anyone would feel like it would take an advantage of that because you still have that aura about you of like I will still uphold the law and make sure you know Justice is served, you know, like...
1: It's funny you say that. Um, I, I also was a volunteer EMT before, too.
0: And of course uh, you were. Of course you were. <laughs>
1: and uh, one of my former DARE students who was an EMT um, were on a call, and I was in my police capacity at that time, and he's standing there, and to him, it's like, hey, there's Officer Kevin. And I had to be very stern mm. and very forthwith with the situation and handle things in a very professional and rather intense way and it was funny because i you know i was hey how you doing and had to go into police mode of look you are not complying i need to do what i need to do sorry about this and take him into custody put him in the car lock him up and then turned around and started talking to my former dare student again and he went what just happened who who was that you know and i'm like well when i have to do my job i said i use as much as i have to use with the respect that i do and yeah if i have to act like a gruff policeman that's what we're going to get at that moment because that's what the situation dictates
0: so yeah and you know what too with someone like you if you were my dare teacher and if i messed up like that guy did I would not only feel like bad because the situation just is terrible but also like shameful like oh my gosh my awesome dare teacher just had to flip the switch on me like I would have felt serious shame if I were that guy I hope he did I feel like he showed up
1: well and and like I said before it's it's being as respectful as you can you know and you turn it on you turn it off you know if you have to use a bit of force to effect an arrest it de-escalates immediately as soon as you have the situation under control there's no need to continue with you know with the tone there's no need to continue with hey you got the situation quelled let's just go back to you know being respectful let's handle the situation you know it, it, being bitter just doesn't doesn't work in our profession it really oh, doesn't
0: no that would probably ruin your every minute of every day if you were bitter what okay uh off that subject here in Hamilton, mm-hmm. what's the biggest problem to date? Like, what is going on in the streets right now that, because when I first moved here, uh, I heard that there was a heroin epidemic here. I haven't, like, see, seen too much of it personally, I, you know, maybe a little bit here and there. Is, is it really a problem here in Hamilton?
1: Well, yeah, dr- drugs are a problem everywhere in the United States. I mean, you see everywhere about the opioid addiction pro you know problem, and, okay. and, and just in talking with people, you know, and, and again, it, and dare I, I use someone I know, someone I know, a person that we recently had had dealings with. You know, I said, "Listen, how, can I just ask how did this all start for you?" And with this person, it started out with they had an injury, started with prescription medication, mm. and really enjoyed the way that it was making them feel. And then, you know, when the doctor wasn't writing that prescription anymore, mm. they went to heroin. And you sit right there and the go bet. and go, wait a minute, like what made you make that decision? And they're like, Well I had no other choice. It was the only thing I could get because buying pills was expensive and you know, went with that. And I'm like, Wow, I'm like like that's that's a pretty big
2: leap. If you see an ambulance going down the street, most people would assume it's an elderly person or a fall victim or a car accident and more and more it's becoming ambulances going to save somebody from an overdose
0: have you guys had to do that
2: thing that they always had to do on um movies where they <laughs> stick them with the Narcan? uh it's it's for us it's not a needle anymore we use a, a nasal inhaler and uh, yes so i've i've had to do it several times really oh uh, yeah we're we're doing it every every month sometimes every week so, have you seen? Have, does it work every time? Like, uh, actually, the after we had training, um, I think I was the second person, the first or second person to have to use it, and we had gotten our training, and and that's when fentanyl started to hit the street. Now, if you don't know what fentanyl is, it's a very, very potent uh, f- form of opioid. It's um, that. Okay. it's 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 more powerful than just regular heroin it can ab- get absorbed through your skin no no, I read about this this is people are starting to buy this instead of heroin yes. too right yeah. yes mm-hmm. yeah so absorbed through the skin yeah that is so, so scary um, Narcan will will have an effect on it but it's it's going to take a lot more I didn't know it so I'm at my first overdose victim and I said okay I, I took everything out put it all together Gave, administered the doses and and I was waiting for this subject to just pop back up and start talking and say what happened like I had seen every other time except for I gave the doses and absolutely nothing happened there was no change and I'm going oh no I you know I don't have anything left in my bag of tricks to help this person we're just waiting for the ambulance I, I don't understand why it worked for everybody else now and not me but it just turned out that now that fentanyl's here it may take. Two doses or three doses, and coupled with um, ba- uh, bag valve breathing. Mask. Yeah. Ba- yeah. Um, bag mouth resuscitation. Uh, yeah. So, we use Most
1: of our vehicles we also have equipped with a bag valve mask. It's a more yes. effective, more efficient way of doing rescue breathing. Yeah.
2: Um, I always carry two it's now. Not,
0: it's not as exhausting, too. Yeah. yeah. So, what happened?
2: Uh, the paramedics showed up. Um, It felt like a long time, but it was probably really two minutes after I was trying to figure out what my next step was, and they administered another dose. They started the bag valve mask, and, you know, she came back a little bit, and she eventually got to the hospital and made a full recovery. So so
0: you gave that whole story, but now that, I mean, you're my friend, like, uh, Kevin, you're my bud now, man. It's like all I can think about this whole time is like... That stuff absorbs through your skin. Yes. There's my two friends there trying to save someone, and they are getting this highly potent. And, and you're—I don't even know, man. Uh, that's crazy to me that you guys could just get that on your body, and then you are—I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know much about it.
2: I just know. Well, you, you think about it this way: people that have used this drug and built up their tolerance to it get taken out. They get—they go into overdose over it. So. If someone who's not using it comes into contact right. with right. a minuscule amount, they can drop. And then now you're now you're in a position where you need another Narcan kit for a police officer that do came in contact Do you think people would
0: instantly it. know what had happened? Do you think, like, if you two just dropped, they would know it must be... I, one would hope, if, you know. <laughs> <if it's, laughs> that, but, uh, you
1: know, and again, like with anything with EMS, you know, the first thing you do is you do, you know... Making sure scene survey, you look around, go, what's a causation? You know, is there a wire down? Is there something going on? Right. And then you look around, and most of the times that we have drug overdoses, there's there's usually signs or signals uh, that would let you know that the person overdosed. You right. Know, you're going to see packaging. You may see a needle, and that'll kind of give you an indicator of what's going on. That's
0: cool. Yeah. When I'm doing, uh, we do CPR training and emergency training here, and we, you know, first thing always survey the scene, look for any potential dangers. So, you're a lieutenant, and you're I'm a sergeant. You're a sergeant. Yes. What does that mean?
2: Uh, I'm a. I directly supervise the patrolmen that are out on the road, uh, handling crashes, handling domestics. I go over their paperwork. I make sure they're doing everything correctly. The lieutenant's going to make sure I'm doing everything correctly. Captain's going to oversee the lieutenants and us, and the chief. He's responsible for everybody.
0: I got a serious question. Every time I'm driving with my kids, I. <clears throat> This might be an unpopular opinion to whoever's listening, but I want those driverless cars, the ones that are automated, to hurry up before my kids get their license because I think people are way worse drivers than any machine will ever be. So, what I'm... Okay, that was a very long-winded whatever Onto this point. Every time, Kevin, Sean, I look to my left when I'm driving, I'm seeing somebody driving in their car, looking down at... I'm 99% sure if it's their phone, and it's it's infuriating and it's scary and it, I worry about my kids. Well,
1: it's a, a lot of phone carriers and and phones themselves have enabled apps that if you're in motion, it'll shut the phone down so that it can't receive texts. Um, that's a helpful app. Uh, when, it'll automatically. Do you know that app? Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but okay. you can. I, I know that a lot of the phone carriers have it um, where if you're in motion and it knows that your phone is moving faster than a person walking, anyone that texts you is going to get an automated response back that says, I'm driving right now, you know, can't respond to your text message. That's
0: brilliant. You know,
1: and, and it's good. And it's it's hard. I You know, if you look anywhere in society, and, and I'm sure that the, the gentleman sitting here at the table here, too, this as, man text- as Sean is texting, texting, something texting something right now. I was going to say uh, uh, <laughs> so I was gonna see if I could it's, get the name it, out there we, for if you recognize yeah, it. Yeah, we've, I mean, that that device is, it's more than a phone. It's, it's a personal computer that we have, and we all are guilty of consulting the magic oracle for questions answers and communications all the time um but i agree with you uh that when you're driving it's most of the time that they say it's about a three second distraction for a person to look down at their phone even to just check to see if somebody texts them let alone to read a text
0: well you guys Um, would be the ones to ask do you guys see accidents as a result uh, of? we
1: do see distracted driving because of that yes um and there's actually uh at the school uh Before the prom, uh, we do a uh, driving while impaired with the goggles for, uh, you know, drunk driving goggles to give you an idea of fatal vision, of of if you were impaired, what your vision would look like. They actually have uh, goggles that I would hope that maybe we can somehow get that shows you about distracted driving for texting And or tired or sleepy driving and it actually has in the lens recticles it has um, a digital screen that actually blacks out to give you the idea of the fact that you won't see right now because you're down looking at your phone so you're not going to see what's coming at you Mm. and you do things like throw a ball to the person or you know we'll we'll have them walk or do things like that and it'll give you the idea of how distracted you really actually are because most people don't realize it
0: yeah man you hear that ding oh who is that is that uh, is that important is it about my yeah. kids is it anything i heard about you doing the hamilton education foundation
1: yes uh, i'm one of the trustees for the hamilton education foundation and what that is is it's an organization that we uh, raise grant money uh, for our local school district um, there are projects that teachers do um, that they apply for grants to receive extra money that the school district wouldn't have for their yeah. you know, their, their programs that they may come up with. Um, there are art project programs. There was one about poetry, which we you know, granted a teacher to do a poetry um, symposium for the students. Um, we didn't pan out exactly how we were hoping, but the little house that you see at the high school, um, that was also done as a grant project through the Hamilton Education Foundation which incorporated the wood shop program the drafting program cool. and a couple other programs at the school um, in order to give them uh, grant money to do this project to work together um, each of the school district um, buildings the soil elementary the ECEC the middle school and the high school each of those schools receive a grant from us um, and we raise wow. the money through the community uh, matter of fact we have an upcoming event uh, oh, this is it? our it's going to be on the green day it's our Hamilton uh cycling central and what we do is our shredding event Uh, so if you have any you know uh, personal documents at home that uh, you have in your filing cabinets that are kind of over exploding there you know with the shoe boxes full of uh, your receipts that you for some reason are still hanging on to and for those of you that haven't gone paperless with your statements and you've got all your you know bank statements from 10 years ago 2019 yeah right (laughs) and and you still got those things hanging around this is a a great way to safely dispose of those Um, we have what do you guys do what are you doing Um, what we do is um, we accept donations for it Um, for major companies that are doing large poundage amount of shredding uh, it's a, a by certain ratio pound rate Uh, that we asked for a donation for but uh, most people that come out like a ten dollar twenty dollar donation and you can shred a bunch of papers Um, we also have which we started last year for those of you that have personal computers at home that you know are outdated and they're still sitting you know downstairs in your basement Mm -hmm. or stored up in your attic and it's got that hard drive on it they take up
0: a lot of space those old computers
1: and that hard drive still has a lot of pertinent information
0: so if you just put it out curbside
1: there might be some nefarious individuals that might you know glean some information Mm. off those hard drives so one of the things that we're doing is is that for a nominal fee of ten dollars donation we shred that thing into metallic confetti Uh, the truck that we have from DocuVault, you actually take the hard drive out of your computer, bring it there, and we put it in this heavy-duty shredder and it shreds the hard drive into metallic confetti and there is no way that anyone can get any data off of that thing, you know
0: yeah and then what do you do with the confetti they um just sprinkle it they just the front recycle front. it no, I, okay. no yeah. I was we, say. we actually
1: show the people so that they can see because it actually dumps it out into a bin so that they can see that their hard drive has definitely been totally totally decimated and cannot be used and cannot be you know some people like to you know drill the hard drive out with a couple drill bits to make sure it won't spin um, yeah, so uh, we have that event going on. Uh, also, the police department is going to be uh, accepting the unwanted uh, or unused or expired uh, medications. We're going to do that at the site as well. We we did have a drug disposal box at the police department, but as Sean pointed out with the problem of fentanyl, um, we actually had somebody drop Wait, some... you yeah, mean for
0: people who actually want to just give up their drugs and well, drop it off?
1: fentanyl is actually, there are fentanyl patches and things that are prescribed medications for certain people. Um, oh, okay. So, um, but someone had put um, a, a rather caustic uh, narcotic in the drug drop box. What and do you mean? Well, one of our detectives, when they were cleaning out the box, because we do that so that this way everything could be properly disposed of, uh, was almost exposed. So, no way. Yeah, so we had we had a list of what you can put in there, how, you know, what you can't put in there, and some things were getting putting in there that shouldn't have been put in there. Um,
0: do you guys ever look at each other and just be like, man, this job is bonkers what are we doing um yeah sometimes things are a little bit crazy but um again we got a good group of people do your families worry do your families worry um
1: you know what i think any any job that you have you know in today's society you never know when you go out the door what's going to happen and are you or are you not coming back but i don't think that we concentrate on you know all of the maladies that can happen i think that we as a department look at all the good that we can do in our community and protect each other we make sure that everybody comes out of their tour safe and goes home to their families every day we don't we never leave anybody behind we always work together if someone's stuck working on something or dealing with a situation you know we stick there with them until
0: everything's all cleared up and everybody can go home the passion man we are we're lucky here in Hamilton to have you guys oh before we get to the chat pack best cop movie of all time the other guys uh, yes the other (laughs) I'm so happy about that answer (laughs) yes no. if you have not seen the other guys go see the other guys yes there's
1: no desk pops here yes. and <laughs> and no one needs to be a peacock we're good <laughs> we're very good I need to spread my wings <laughs> gotta fly, gotta fly. <laughs>
0: oh that was the best answer yes okay um, so Kevin um, Sean you, you've answered these questions before but please feel free to answer uh, Kevin will pick though okay I'm picking a card chat pack baby Okay,
1: it's on the chat pack. It's what type of service to others or good deed done for other people do you personally find the most rewarding? Um, I, I think just in in general, my job as doing the Dare program, I think just giving young people the tools, because uh, the program wasn't just about resisting drugs. You know, that was kind of the tagline of it. But it was about, you know, making people understand about how to make good choices, reviewing what the consequences are, how to make and keep good friends, you know, and having good friend networking to help you through problems, realizing that, you know, in life you make mistakes and how to recover from making a mistake. Um, I think that imparting all of those things and helping to nurture people's decision-making skills, I think to me that was the most rewarding deed done because, you know like i said the, the first group that i had they're in their 30s and just to have someone come up to you and go man i remember dare and all this and and actually four of our officers in our department uh were my fir- former dare students so no like way. yeah one of them uh, <laughs> you yeah know, it was funny because like during his interview he was like uh, no disrespect lt but you were officer kevin and i'm like you know, that meant, that meant a lot. It made me feel good, you know, just yeah. just to, to have that influence on someone to choose their career path and you know feel positively about law enforcement
0: and want to do that. It's uh, just speaking from my own experience. It's the one of the most rewarding things about my job is when I get that later on, the ones who are 20, 25 and contact me and letting me know, you mm-hmm. know. So, I, I feel you on that. Yeah,
1: I mean, Sam, your interaction with, with your, your students, your, your kids at school, it, it's something that stays with them forever. I mean, uh, that, that's 100%. I mean,
0: look at what happened with Sean. That, that one teacher almost ruined it, man. We wouldn't <laughs> have these safe streets if it we weren't for that officer. Ah, <laughs> oh, teachers, listen to this and know. Uh, one more? Sure, why not? All right, cool. Okay. In your opinion, what is the most beautiful man-made
1: object in the world? Wow. Um, you know what? To me, I think this is an easy one for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say the Statue of Liberty, just for all that it signifies. You know, we, we live in a country where we're Americans. Americans is something that is, is formulated from everywhere. You know, people from all different countries coming here, melding together and forming a whole new nationality you know to me that that's the symbol of it the statue of liberty that everybody has freedoms and and that's as police officers we're upholding people's liberty and freedom you know every decision that we make even if it's something where we sit there and go ah you know we know this person has this going on but legally we can't do this we're supporting everybody's liberties you know and everybody we're not going to take away anybody's freedom anybody's property anything without the due process and to me, I think that's
0: probably the most beautiful man-made object is the Statue of Liberty for what she symbolizes. I swear, people, we—I did not tell him these ants these questions ahead of time. He <laughs> just said that monologue on the fly. Man, you are good. I can't. That—that's a good answer. That was a really good answer. Do you have your own man?
2: I. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with uh, the chief on this one. He, yeah. He had a pretty good answer. I don't <laughs> think I'm gonna top it. Um. Uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think uh, the Statue of Liberty. I think our Constitution is is a beautifully crafted document that's that's unique to us, yeah. that, that that makes us what us what we are, you know. And um, yeah, big big shout out to France. Shout out yeah, to France, nice, guys. Thank you. Yeah, nice for Thank to you, us.
0: man. I was hoping you'd pick one of these silly questions before we go. Um, only because were you guys fans of uh, Game of Thrones? I watched a little bit of it. Oh really? You like were Like first two seasons. I always felt first so alone. Two seasons. Yeah, I I, I kind of <laughs> started
1: watching it and stopped. And ironically, if you look at my shirt right now,
0: is that like a <laughs> is that like a Game of Thrones? That's one of the watch. Game
1: of Thrones sigils. Yes, that's the House of Stark. So. Oh okay. Yes, winter is coming. Winter, so. <laughs> winter came. Winter finally came. I guess, dude.
0: Okay. <clears throat> if you don't have an answer, fine, whatever. But I gotta know. Thinking back to all the great TV series finales that you've ever seen over the years. Which show do you believe
2: had the best finale? I can think of one. You got one. Right right off the top because I followed this show. It was a cop show and it was so... It was hard for me to watch. It was fiction. It, it, you know, it, it was a cop show and these cops were... They were bad terrible cops and they were always an inch away from getting caught. It was The Shield. I don't know if you've ever I've heard of The Shield. You've yeah, seen it. The bald dude. Yep. Yeah. And... Uh, spoiler alert! At the end, he gets away with all of it, but he doesn't. And the the way they wrap that up to show that you know he, he never got in trouble for any of the incredible crimes these guys committed, but he was still trapped. I just said, man, that's that's an awesome ending. What do you mean he was trapped? I'm so
0: into this <laughs> now. <scenario>. Okay. <laughs> Wait, dude. He, is he, it, should right. we just save this for off the air? I don't know. Is this going to be a huge?
2: I'll try. I'll try to. All right. Sum it up quickly. All right, do it. You got this. He winds up applying for this special uh, government agency, this law enforcement agency, that will forgive him for his crimes in a one-time interview because they need a cop that has committed crimes because they're going to go after these criminals and they think he knows the way to do it. So he knows he has this one chance to get out of everything. So instead of it being this 10-minute interview where, you know, he says, well, one time I roughed up a guy, he lays it all on the line we stole millions of dollars, we sold drugs, we murdered people. He just goes through the whole list of all this stuff. and These people are like, oh my God, what do we do? You know, we're not going to be able to to charge him with anything now. So after he gets out of that, they say, well, you know what? This is your job now. We need five reports a week. You're going to wear a suit. You come into the office at 8 a.m. You leave at 5. The lights shut off at 5. This is a guy that's never written a report. He never had to wear a suit. He, they, his, him and his squad just did what he wanted and now he's trapped because if he doesn't fulfill his contract for whatever it was, so it was like to five tell years. you
0: after a life of
2: crime, he yeah. gets to just do what he was supposed to this but one time? But if he doesn't fulfill this contract, if he doesn't go to work every day, if he doesn't wear the suit, if he winds up getting fired, all his anonymity, eh, anonymity goes away uh-huh. and he gets charged. So they have him doing the most meaning menial mm. tasks. That you could imagine, something that this guy would never do. He thought he was going to be out chasing drug dealers, you know? And The Shield. uh, The the Shield, shield, yeah. Hopefully I did it justice. I probably didn't, but. But I never watched The Shield. Season after season, watching Vic Mackey get stuck in that position, I I was just like, oh, man.
1: (laughs) You got one, man? I can't think of one off the top of my head. I, I'm one of those guys that if I'm watching a show for season after season, I hate to see it end. In, and any mm. of the endings never they truly never do, do it right? justice.
0: That's what I'm saying. All I'm thinking about is all my disappointments over the years. Lost was a big one for me, oh, oh. That one hurt. That one still hurts. Yeah,
1: I can't even rewatch that again. I was going to re-watch from the first season of it, and yes. I was like, you know what? No, I can't. Dude,
0: I will. I'll, I'll, watch it. I'll re-watch it with my kids because the ride was so good. The ride was so good. Lost. Yeah. It it. Oh, so good. I was so mad. I I got so mad watching that show. Uh, Guys, thank you for everything you do. This is a fun podcast. You guys are awesome. And um, if there's uh, any shout-outs you want to give, man, now's the time to go for it. Anyone out there?
2: I do. I have a quick shout-out, and it it ties into something else we're starting. Um, This year, uh, we, we had a family in our community that needed help. They have a son like mine, autistic they needed a fence for their yard. Uh, we ran into the same situation at my house. I know how desperately important these things are, but sometimes, you know, a, a family doesn't have the the Yeah. they're not ready to do it right then and there. Yeah. Um so we had some agencies together. It kind of fell apart and I said, "Well, we still got to get this fence for this kid. It's it's not a it's not a choice." So, I called uh, Brian Hughes from Allscape Landscaping. And I said, hey, is there anything you can do? He said, I'll be right there. You know, let's go look at it. Let's measure it out. Um, and he was he was really set to do the entire thing. And, you know, I like, want to give a shout out to him and his business. And, and thank you so much. Uh, fortunately, we got the the funding. And it looks like it's going to go through. And they're going to get their fence anyway. But I, I said, uh, you know, Brian, thank you so much. But I want to hang on to that. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to start a group. Of businesses in Hamilton that if they want to be called on from time to time when something like this pops up we can call them do you want to be part of that and he said yes so in the next few weeks we're gonna we're gonna do an announcement we're gonna see what businesses in Hamilton would just like to be available if we have an issue where uh, a child like that needs something will you'll come and help us and we'll do whatever we can to help the business out. In return, we'll put it on our Facebook. We'll see, you know, if we can get it in the newspapers or anything like that. Do you guys have a name yet for it? Or uh, I had a couple ideas. I was nothing to throw out there yet. Uh, nothing what, to throw out dude, there. Do whatever yet. you I'll, want me to throw out in future episodes. Uh, yes. You keep At, me
0: updated, people. You are going to be updated about this. Is it is it just uh, for kids who need the
2: fence so that they? Uh... It's it's well the the way I see it, um, the patrolmen and the police department we're on the front line. We see these things every day. We know exactly where the need is, and um, oh, wow. if we can just okay. you know put a few people from the community you know together in a way you know a, a few little things like that can really make a difference in people's lives and they can really make a difference in in our community yeah the other thing yes the shawnee shoe hands 5k one mile hero walk that is going to be on april 4th
0: wait a minute what are we talking about here we're
2: talking about the uh hamilton police sergeant's union have put together a 5K. It's going For to be a, a, a Shawnee Shawnee Shuehan's 5K no and, and a one mile hero walk. Okay, before you say this, guys, if you don't
0: know what we're talking about, uh, go back to Sean Grosso's episode where we talk about the uh, the graphic novel he wrote based off his experience raising his son. Um,
2: just check it out; it's a few episodes ago. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So uh, it's it's up on the website now. It's TNT Events um, you can't sign up for it yet it's going to go out of uh, test mode as soon as we get you know we, we have to set up where the money is going as soon as that's in then it then it will start and you'll be able to sign up for the race so if you check the website and I'll try to get the announcement when it's officially up but if you look you'll see it there you'll be able to see the date the place the time and and, and pretty much everything else you need to know officer Sean Grasso the
0: site tells will be there my brother and thank I'll, you I'll, well, anytime I'll promote it any way I can So, oh, and guys, please, you got a few bucks, go buy Shawnee Shoe Hands on Amazon. It's a great graphic novel, and the money goes to a great cause. Uh, if, what are you doing with 7 What, are you going to buy a coffee at Starbucks? No, go get... if you. And what are you doing? Go to Kashianos. Come on, people. <laughs> Kevin, do you have anyone you want to... Uh... Just want to give a big shout-out to the community
1: because, uh, listen, we all work together, and uh, our police officers are members of the community. Uh, most of our officers live in the town of Hamilton, and the ones that don't certainly have their heart in the right place for our community. Um, one of the things that I definitely want to stress upon now in my new role is having the officers involved in community events and the community involved in the police department as well too uh, i think that that's very important in order for us to keep the town a uh, safe and uh, a wonderful community that it is i mean like sean said you know reaching out to community members helping to connect people in need with community services and and people businesses that can help out uh, that's part of what the police department's about you know we're, we're just trying to to fix all of the, 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 the little disconnects that we have to help to make the community run the way that it should.
0: Right on, man. I, I gotta say, anyone who's listening to this, I have to feel feels the same way I do. Or I mean, I knew you, but I didn't know you like I know you now after being able to have this uh, this conversation. Um, I feel very good that you're the chief of police. We're very, very lucky. Thank you, thank you very much. I mean, I had a great time here tonight. and uh, <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, if you guys ever have announcements or anything, let me know. I'll throw it out there. Ladies and gentlemen, the people who keep us safe here, Officer Grasso and Chief Kevin. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you, Mr. Sam.